wants the dankest memes? Jacob LaBelle asks. I want the dankest memes. I would love those, Jacob. If you could send those to me, I would appreciate it. You guys can see I'm crying over here. I yelled pretty hard just during that intro. Uh, welcome in, everybody. Thank you guys all for being here. Thank you for joining in. I hope you guys enjoyed your weekend. Some of us had very long weekends. Other, others weren't so fortunate. Um, but I hope you enjoyed it. Spent some good quality time with your friends, family, and got to blow some stuff up in, in the good Americano fashion. Yes, that's right. Americano. Not, not American. That's it's racist. It's xenophobic. 2019, Jason. Can't call it American. Americano. You're not ready for the memes. Oh, I'm always ready for the memes. Dump them on me. Tonight's show, we have a couple topics that we're going to dive down into. Um, AOC comes out and she's pushing for a bill to help out the, the, the tips, those who live off of the tips. And we're not talking about sexual innuendos here. We're not talking about those phallically shaped tips. We're talking about your waitresses, your bartenders, et cetera, et cetera. Those who make, depending on where the, what the company is, can make an abundance of money or not make enough. And so... We're going to dive into that bill. We're, of course, going to talk about Jeffrey Epstein being arrested, being indicted. That's going to be a big story. Uh, and, and of course, there's a lot of partisanship there, right? The Republicans are looking and going, look at the Clintons, how how damned they are. And the, the Democrats are obviously looking at Trump and going, look at how damned he is. And 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 so we'll, we'll dive into that a little bit as well. And... <clears throat> Got a little kicker going on in there as well. And, of course, Mr. Eric Newcomb, all for not agreeing with me, Swalwell, has nuked his own campaign. That's right, the man that's been riding high and, and flying great and living on cloud nine, polling around 0%, has finally called it quits. So uh, we got we to gotta have the bash fest there for him. Um, Vice has got a, a great interview from back in May that uh, I'll bring back up, and um, it's always glorious, always glorious to, to have those, um, have those moments. So we have, we have quite a bit of stuff in here for tonight's show, so thank you guys all for being here once again. Hope you guys are well. Um, want to give a quick shout out, not only just to you all for being here, for, for making this possible, but also to Muddy Waters Media for giving me a platform to reach out with my views, my opinions, and my stances on things. Um, as we peruse through the politics and social issues of not just around in this country, but also around the world. If this is your first time here, my name is Jason Lyon, Miss America, the Bearded Truth. I am your neighborhood-friendly libertarian. Don't worry, I don't bite unless you aggress upon me first. Um, I've got, we've got quite a bit of stuff to go through tonight, and so uh, I, I hope that this is the content that you've been waiting for. Hopefully, here, us here at Muddy Waters Media are giving you exactly what you guys have been wanting. So if you, if maybe I'm not your cup of tea here on Mondays and Fridays nights on Muddy Waters Media, maybe you should be tuning in to, to Tuesday nights with Spike and Matt, where they come out on the Muddied Waters of Freedom show, and uh, they they add truly a hilarious spin to everything. Um, and, and great content, great information being put out throughout there as well. Wednesday nights, as we saw from last Wednesday where I was on there, is Spike running his show, My Fellow Americans, or for last last week's episode, My Fellow Americans, spoken properly, of course. And um, so bringing guests on every week, Spike's always got a, a fantastic show. Thursday night, 
is with the writer's block, Matt Wright, coming out, bringing his guests on there. Always a fantastic show, just as well. The The whole week is filled, jam-packed, filled with great information, great content. And uh, if one of us doesn't have to be your cup of tea, well, shame on you, first off. But second, there's more out there. So, so keep tuning in. Keep checking us out throughout the week. Always a good time. And if you don't want to catch us out live, Catch us live on YouTube, on Facebook, on Periscope. If you don't want to catch us live, that's fine. You can always catch us on the podcast app. Any of your favorite podcast apps, just make sure you find us in Muddy Waters. Um, And once you do, make sure you give us that five-star review. Help other people be able to tune in to catch us and to hear us. We'll, We'll keep providing you with content. You just keep bringing us people, and we'll have this nice, beautiful, mutual relationship. So thank you guys all for being here, and uh, let's let's get in on it. Let's get in on this. I oh, I'm gonna save Swalwell for 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 later on in the show, but that is definitely one that I am excited for. Let's get into this growing push for the minimum wage for tipped workers. This is not for the strippers. This is not for the prostitutes. We haven't gone to Jeffrey Epstein story yet. Um, but the raise the wage act, which is set to come to a vote. After the July 4th holiday, which is this week, would eliminate the $2.13 federal minimum wage for tipped employees in favor of a single $15 minimum wage for everyone. Woo-wee! Let's take those those horribly impoverished and, and unfortunate people that work in in the business of working for tips. Those who work directly for the consumer that are paid directly by the consumer, they're not just—they're just not getting paid enough. And so, the federal government has now decided that even though states have looked at this and states have, have passed it and, and failed it, that that's not good enough. We have to take a larger stand. We have to do this at the federal level. Now, I've got—I've got plenty of reasons why that is just a grotesque idea. So, first off, let's let's think about what happens whenever you raise the minimum wage. We'll go. We'll go. We'll go there, and then we'll we'll kind of broaden it out as to why the federal government itself shouldn't be doing this. Um, whenever you raise the minimum wage, there are people that are hurt because if the business is not producing more, if they're not able to make more, if they're not increasing their revenue, you're having a larger spending. So more money coming out. So small businesses, specifically restaurants, specifically like bars, like the 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 not so popular places. These places are going to be closed down because we have to take care of people, so we got to get rid of those jobs. So that's that's one inherent truth. We see this anywhere and everywhere that minimum wage jumps up. And, and honestly, I mean, minimum wage shouldn't exist. So we've seen this time and time again. So that happens. When it comes to demographics, because the left, who is a supporter of raising the minimum wage, they are are stuck on this idea of identity politics and what's good for, for the identity politics. Thank you. Uh, What's good for the identity politics. We have to, we have to push that way. Well, when you push a raise in the minimum wage, who that hurts is actually these people of color that hurts young black Americans. And so it's amazing to me, this cognitive dissonance that we're going to help everybody by hurting these select people. And this is proven historically time and time again. Um, So, not only are they hurting small businesses, so you can't say I'm in favor of minimum, uh, increasing the minimum wage to help small businesses because it hurts them. It puts them out. 
Um, you can't say it's to help people of color or to help out I'll help out the poor people because you're actually hurting those people. The people that are generally poor, and I'm not saying this for everyone, people people get down on their luck and that that certainly happens and it's 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 horrible. We should be out there trying to help people with a hand up, not a hand out. Um but there are people that are in poverty or that are poor because of choices that they've made. They made choices in high school, they made choices in middle school, they made choices with others, they made some choice along the way and they've gotten off the path of being able to make a, a quote-unquote livable wage. Now, just because you demand that they be paid a minimum wage doesn't mean that you have to demand or that you have the capacity, the ability to enforce that they have a job. So you'll be pushing people out of the market, out of the market of having a job. In, in a country where right now we have more jobs um, than people, quote-unquote, on unemployment, um, the drive here is to get more people hired. If you raise the minimum wage, you're not going to get more people hired. You're actually going to further, uh, further divide on those statistics. So there's a lot of, a lot of big issues here. And these simple ideas of let's just artificially affect the market by raising the minimum wage. Let's, let's change the ability for a business owner to transact with their employees on figuring out what the best way to do this, we're just going to force everyone to abide by one rule. Now, certainly this is democratics. Uh, this is the democratic philosophy that everybody has to abide. We saw this with healthcare during the democratic debates. We saw this um, obviously with the minimum wage here. We've seen this with gun control. We've seen this just any topic you go out there, they want to make it a blanket statement across the, across the way and, and, Every single time, these have been actually a reduction in liberty um, by the individual. Now, it's for the collective good. It's for the collective good. The only way to raise up the collective is to help out the individuals, not to burden the individuals for the collective. You actually uh, get what Venezuela has when you worry just about the collective. So so it's bad policy to raise the minimum wage. Now, it's, it's been tried. It's been tried in many states. Many states have tried this, some states have passed this, some cities have passed this. Let them do what they're going to do. But when you take those and you say, all right, down into the plains of Oklahoma, now you have to pay $15 an hour, that's a, a very difference between what it is that they've been functioning at now. So the cost of living there is much different. You are going to destroy these, these markets and you're going to drive people to the cities. Now, this may be the intention. This may be the desire. Move everyone to the big cities, get everyone out of the fields, out of the, the, the rural areas, get, get those rednecks back into town. That may be their desires because, you know, they, when you're, when you're in closer proximity with everyone else, it's easier to control rather than, you know, believes in the second amendment and believes that the government is not as good as what they say they are. So it may be a control aspect there and it's certainly pushing control to get more control. Sounds like a very logical and, and plausible ploy of the government. So they want to hurt people on the outsides, the rural people. They want to hurt people of color, young African males specifically. They want to hurt small businesses. Who do they want to help? Who do they actually think is going to benefit from this? When we look at Seattle, Washington, when they put up, I believe it was only a $13 minimum wage. I believe the jump was about $4 in minimum wage. When they jumped that, 
the result was was that full-time employees went to part-time. Part-time employees were laid off. Part-time employees were either laid off or lost hours, even more hours. And so the net gain or the net change in an average employee take-home actually dropped from an increase in minimum wage. So this is all just virtue signaling. This is all just, I have an idea and we're going to implement my idea. And when it doesn't work, because you guys didn't implement my idea well enough. Why shouldn't this be a federal idea? Why should this not be a federal idea? Well, if you actually look at the Constitution, wages are not something that is a delegated power to the government. They have control over commerce, to regulate commerce. And by regulate, it means to make regular, not not the way that we understand what regulate means today. Of course, you have to go back to the definition of then. So when they regulate commerce, they're supposed to make it regular, allow for more commerce, allow for it to be a regular transaction, not to discourage people, not to infringe upon people, not to get in the way and put hurdles in the way. So there's no good justification why this should be put up at the federal level. Any vote for it is a is a vote for stupidity, and certainly with AOC being uh, being one of the head honchos on this, you can understand that AOC is still once again wrong. AOC is alive; she's still breathing. She's wrong. She 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 has been a broken clock. She's gotten a couple things right in the past. Right here, minimum wage. When it comes to economics, it's amazing that somebody who came from Boston University, somebody who actually was their major in college was economics. I think I said biology a second ago. Somebody who majored in economics at Boston College or Boston University doesn't understand how economics works. I don't understand how you major in something and manage to sleep through every day of the class and then how you pass. I have no idea. Keynesian economics doesn't work, um, and every economist should understand that. And sadly, we still have people um, out there endorsing this and pushing this and, and – um, I'm trying to remember the the individual's name that always gets busted up by Tom Woods and Bob Murphy. But nonetheless, right, Keynesian economics does not work, and, and neither does AOC, amazingly enough, right? Comes from being a bartender, comes into Congress, and then says, we need a pay raise. I haven't done anything to deserve it. I've passed nothing at all, uh, but we need a couple thousand dollars more a year. Oh, she didn't get an economics degree. That's good. Um, you know, we need a couple more thousand dollars a year. It's not even like a pay raise, but it'll be enough to stop dark money. Really? Really? Did you listen to what you just said? If it's not enough, if it's not a pay raise, it's not going to change anything. And if it doesn't change anything, it's not going to stop anything. Else. It, it, it's this it's this level of stupidity that just, just irradiates from her. I wish that they would spend a little bit of time trying to figure this out. So with this, uh, a final wrap-up for this. I used to work in at, at a bar. I used to work at a day bar, a beach bar specifically. The bartenders there worked for tips. The servers, waitresses, waiters, they worked for tips. And they would pull in hundreds of dollars a day. Now, if we have a mandated minimum wage across this country, do you believe that people are going to be tipping at the same rate at which they do right now? 
well, they're already achieving a level of wage. Why would I give them more than what is necessary? Before, when they had a $2.13 minimum wage, I was trying to help make sure that they were being paid for their services because their business owners were much too lazy to do so themselves. Of course, I'm the point there is satire as this began, you know, a couple hundred years ago where it wasn't that they were too lazy. It was a way to cut costs and it was a way to um, get the, the, to ensure the best service possible Um, was, you know, your, your work was directly correlated to the pay that you'd receive. Now, certainly right now we have a lot of, of people in the, uh, the waiting services that feel entitled as if I'm doing a job, therefore you need to give me X amount, X percentage of these bills. Now I'm not, I'm not one of those consumers. I, I do tip well. I tip well whenever I'm given an adequate service. Um, but I've been on more than one occasion where I've seen a server, a server that was supposed to be tending to me and my family um, on an outing. And it would take us 20, 25 minutes to get a drink. Well, Jason, weren't they busy? No, no, no. We were one of four tables in there and there's three servers. So finally order our drinks. She comes back 20 minutes later, finally order our food. Another five minutes pass and we get our drinks. Everything is slow because she is too busy going and sitting down and talking with the with the other waiters. She's too busy going and talking uh, on her cell phone or talking to other individuals. I, I say she. I've had I've had this for men. I've had this for women. Those people, you don't get a tip. If you get a tip, it's an insulting tip. It's a dollar. It's a couple cents because you had a job, and when you when you are so reluctant. To perform your job. I'm not required to pay you for that. You can look at me like a bad guy. You can look at me like an asshole. But I'm, I'm one of those individuals that you put forth an effort. Provide my food. Put a smile on your face. You know, the basic, the basic things that you're taught day one of, of serving. Probably getting 20%. You're getting more than what a lot of people quote unquote get. Getting at least twenty percent. Treat me like shit. I'm gonna. You're not gonna feel good at the end of it. And it, so, if we move from from this idea that you work for your tips, that you earn it from the consumer, to where now you are getting the livable wage from your employer, quote unquote livable wage, quote unquote. What is the incentive for me to tip you? What is the incentive for anyone out there to tip you? There isn't one. So you'll have these people that work in higher-end areas, higher-end restaurants, bars, whatever, where now they're getting peeled back. They're getting rolled back. And so maybe maybe their business owner wants to give them $15 an hour. Maybe their business owner wants to give them $40 an hour. But that's that's going to be on them now. So the potential for them to lose that money, because there is, a, there is a volatility there within the server pay. There are days that are slow and there are days that are great. There are days that somebody just feels good and fortunate and wants to give a blessing to somebody else. So they leave $100 on a $10 tab. All of that just washed away. 
all of that. So when you give up your freedom, when you give up the, your 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 freedom to to have that volatility, to to really go out there and earn that extra buck, and you're doing it for security, you'd be missing out on so much of your life. But I think I, I think we've hammered that home well enough. The idea of removing the or forcing a minimum wage on tipped workers, bad idea. The idea of minimum wage in itself, bad idea. The New York Times used to have the article correct. They use, they had an article written that said the correct minimum wage is zero dollars and zero cents. Ooh, Spike Cohen brought up a good point. Go into the comment section real quick. Let us be the judge of that, talking about the the, uh, the tips there, of course. And Muddy Waters Media Creators also work for tips. That is a true statement. We will work for your tips. We will not, we will work hard behind our cameras, but we will not perform the James, or Jeffrey Epstein services. Um, I mean, maybe Spike might. I don't know. Spike might. Maybe Matt on a good day. I, I'm, I'm clearly out of it. All right. I am a family man. I've got kids. I, I can't can't go that far into this, but Spike Cohen, you might uh, drop into his DMs real quick. We'll, we'll get a secretary on him for that. He's been asking for a secretary for a while. Um, but yes, if you guys would like to, of course, donate to the, to the platform to help out um, and, and to, con- to continue growing this, you can always find us on Anchor FM. Just listening in is actually is part of the, do- the donation process. Just listening in. We'll be we'll be making uh, making some money. So tune into Anchor FM. Go on to Anchor FM. Go make a podcast on Anchor FM, and then walk, listen to us every day. Bachelor in International Relations with track in economics, politics, and business. Man, that's amazing. International relations. So she's not very good with domestic relations, but you know maybe she's good on on the international. This is of course talking about AOC and her degree. Uh, with track and economics, yeah, she didn't pay attention. Politics, uh, she paid enough attention to get elected. <laughs> she was that was a snore fest for her. She didn't she didn't pay attention to any of that. Thank you, Pat. I appreciate that. Pat coming in with the goods, coming in with the goods. All right, so we've alluded to Jeffrey Epstein enough. It's time to dive in to this nasty man. The nasty. Jeffrey Epstein. 2005-2006. He was charged. He pled guilty. And uh, he pled guilty prostitution. Despite all the charges, despite all the witnesses, despite there being multiple dozens of women and girls coming out and making these accusations, despite there being evidence, but despite the fact that a lot of these claims overlap one another and they are uh, synchronized in a way that is that has integrity, that has honesty, that has truth with it. Not in the way of, you know, it's just a rambling story where, you know, it's it's three bad people continuing to build up a story no these are these are corroborated uh integrated stories and uh so as a result the man gets 13 months of eh, kind of prison kind of maybe where you know you get to spend 16 hours of each day outside that's that's the that's a a sane and and justifiable punishment um because taking 
little girls taking 14-year-olds and encouraging them to strip down, paying them cash, and then, uh, you know, fondling and touching and doing all kinds of grotesque things. That's worth that's worth an eight-hour prison shift a day. Spend a couple hours here and... Uh, you know, in 13 months, we'll be done with this. We can we can get you back out there. Even though, even though he was labeled or he was uh, he was registered in New York State as a level three, a high risk of reoffense sex offender. Ah, we'll just get him out there in 13 months. He'll be okay. He'll be good. Well, Jeff Epstein gets his indictment unsealed, and now the entire operating sex trafficking ring is getting thrown at it. Federal prosecutors in New York charged wealthy financier Jeffrey Epstein on Monday with sex trafficking charges alleging he alleging he abused dozens of underage girls as young as 14. He was charged with one count of sex trafficking conspiracy and one count of sex trafficking with underage females. He pleaded not guilty, but, but here's where I want to dive off into the politics of this real quick before we really get into the the grotesqueness of this. Um, The politics of this is that I have seen, I have seen people on the right going, I can't wait for Clinton to go down. I've seen people on the left go, I can't wait for Trump to go down. If they're guilty, I want them all to go down. Certainly start with Jeff Jeff Epstein. Put them away. I don't put them away. Put 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 them away. Treat them like a treat them like a toy and just put them away. Put them in the closet, lock up the closet, leave your belt in there, let him do his thing. He he'll eventually figure it out. Figure out how to make that work. But Bill Clinton, Hillary Clinton, and Trump all have ties to this man. I agree. And it is horrible. And so those need to be looked at. Those need to be found out. Because if they were getting involved with this and they were engaging in the conduct, um, I, I, I feel no sympathy. I feel no sympathy whatsoever. Burn them at the stake. Let's go. Let's start clearing this stuff up. There's so much here. Because this is not something where it's like, oh, it's it's like a quiet little ring. This is like an underground thing. No, this is this has been known for decades that this has been going on. This isn't consenting adults where one adult says, hey, I would like to have sexual relations with you. And the other adult says, I would like to as well, but I'm not going to do it for free. Right? That's prostitution. I have no problem with that. This is where you take a little girl, a 14-year-old, up to or as young as a 14-year-old, you bring her into a mansion, you say, here's a bunch of money. You like money, little girl? Of course she likes money. Everybody likes a little bit of money when they're that young. I mean, sure, I, I, I we've already plugged it earlier. I, I'm a fan of money. So they, they put an exorbitant amount of money for a 14-year-old in front of them and say, hey, strip down. I got to do just strip down. It's okay. So they strip down. They get their money. They get their high off of that. They get 
they get all the feel goods. They got a bunch of money, and Jeffrey Epstein gets a uh, gets his feel goods. And so when they go to leave, when they go to depart, Jeff says, "Hey, that was nice. I appreciate it. Might give him a little more money. Might give him a little more cash." But then he goes, "Hey." You could come on back and we could do this again sometime. And, and, you bring a friend, give you more money and also give her money. Look at that. You guys, you both can be making more money. Mm, doesn't that sound nice? This is the disgusting things that, that Jeff here would do. I am, and I know that there are plenty of people out there, and I've run across them across on Facebook and on Twitter, that are libertines. Not libertarians, but libertines. And they believe that, you know, 14-year-olds are, are obviously old enough in order to be able to make these, these decisions. They're being coerced. It's not, this isn't, this isn't free consent between two individuals, right? It's not, hey, come on over to the mansion, then we'll... We'll see what what works. No, it's come over to the mansion. I've got money. I'm going to throw it in your face. And then, what are you going to do? Disgusting. (sighs) He would also have them touch him as well, of course. He has people that were working for him within this ring that were doing the same thing, that were recruiting girls, that were bringing them in, that were getting all of this done. Let the man burn, and anyone who was involved, anyone who has supported this, let them stand as well. I don't think that this is that that too far off base for it to be a, a... for it to be the, the normative. Instead of trying to figure out how politically you can win, how you can point at your political enemies and make it seem like they're they're the only ones that are guilty in this, that they're the problem here. No, there's there's many problems here, and it's people like this, and then people turning a blind eye to their own. To make matters more interesting, this comes from the New York Post. Maureen Comey, daughter of fired FBI Director James Comey, is reportedly one of the prosecutors in the Jeffrey Epstein case. A source confirmed her involvement to CNN on Sunday. Maureen Comey has been serving as an assistant U.S. attorney in the Southern District of New York since 2015. Her father, who was ousted from the, U- from the FBI two years ago by President Trump, held the same position between 87 and 93. So his young daughter is coming up in the ranks and she is going to be one of the prosecutors. Now I'm, we're getting a little bit stretching here, but certainly do you want the prosecutor to be the child of a man that was proven to be protecting some of the people that could be targeted through the investigation. Do you really want that level of questioning here? 
I think that if Maureen Comey had any concerns with the optics of this situation, with the optics of, of this case, she would recuse herself. She would get away from this. She would abstain. She would run from this as quickly as possible. Because I don't want to be in this country if the day comes when Jeffrey Epstein walks away free. If that day comes and she was one of the prosecutors, I cannot trust it. There's no trust in that. The cesspool of D.C., the cesspool of the judicial system, the cesspool of government overall, it's sickening. It's absolutely sickening. It's a, it's a major fundamental issue here in this country. And we're, we're laying belly up for it. I don't know. I want, I want justice on this. I do. As a person that's not a huge advocate of the state, I know the state messes up in every way possible. But this right here, I don't I don't want the corruption. I want justice. And I worry about her being in on that case. I got one more I just closed it. I'm a horrible individual. Horrible. Horrible. Eric Swalwell. We're going to cover him in a moment. But in the interim, in the interim, I got um, one quick point that I have to make um, regarding my senator, Lindsey Graham, and also one of my state, uh, one of my representatives from my state, Duncan. Duncan. Oh, no. Where did that go? That article went as well. Here we go. <clears throat> Jeff Duncan, Representative Jeff Dun Duncan. Jeff Duncan, uh, he is a big supporter of term limits. Now, I am. If you guys know me well enough, I'm not a huge supporter of term limits. I don't think that they'll they'll be giving us the results that we desire with this. Um, but with this, right, he is a big supporter of term limits. Now, while being while being a huge supporter of term limits, he just endorsed Lindsey Graham. Now, Lindsey Graham has been in office since 2003. Just a mere 16 years, don't worry. When I supported term limits, I supported them for 20 years. I supported them for 26 years. I supported them for whatever Lindsey Graham is plus one. That's, that's when the term should be cut. So right here, what we have is a support or an establishment theater person, Lindsey Graham, a war hawk, a neocon, and a disgusting individual that has advocated for gun control, that has advocated for red flag laws, for uh, for going around the due process in this country. We have the disgusting Lindsey Graham, who has acted like he is the conservative bee's knees when it came to the Kavanaugh hearing. And many people bought it hook, line, and sinker. But he's being supported by somebody who supports 
term limits. Now, the reporting on this, the way that I have heard from others, it just uh, makes me sick. So, an individual had received a call from Jeff's office or from Jeff's office, from his chief of staff. He was told, or she was told that the White House recommended was for Jeff to endorse Lindsey. So the White House is telling people who to endorse. Now, if this came from Trump himself, Trump has not endorsed Lindsey Graham this year, although he brought him down and made sure to announce that he was there in Florida um, for his for his announcement for uh, re-election. So Lindsey and Trump have been getting closer over the years. Remember when when Trump was first running, Lindsey was very anti-Trump, was denouncing Trump, was saying, we can't let him win. And then he won, and suddenly the shoe shine on on President Trump's boot was just too damn delicious. So if Trump was the one pushing for this, pushing for the White House and his his people there to have others endorse, um, this really gets away from the notion that the President Trump is an outsider. He is now one of the orchestrators of the GOP. Now, you could think that that's a good thing. You could think that that's a, a good change for, the, for what's been going on. But I can't look at this and go, well, he's the same guy he was when he came into office. When he came into office, he was a pro-Second Amendment advocate vocally. He was in favor of reducing the national debt, destroying the deficit, making it into a surplus. He was a fan of getting and draining the swamp. And now what we have is either A, by proxy of of just being around him, the White House getting to push and endorsing swamp-like creatures, pushing for discussing things such as red flag laws, unconstitutional laws. I would encourage President Trump and and Lindsey Graham both to to check out that wonderful little document called the Constitution. Um, and, And pushing others to go around their own values. Now, if you're going to push someone to give up their own values, if you're going to strong arm, or encourage, just just plainly encourage someone to give up on their values. That speaks about you. Stuff like this really does make me disgusted, and it, and it and it shows that no one is safe. No one is safe because as long as somebody has power, they're going to use it against you. And and certainly right now, the White House specifically is using that power against us by continuing to support. Lindsey Graham. The three of those individuals. Damn you, Jeff Duncan, for giving up on your values on on term limits. I'm not a supporter of term limits, but if you're going to give up so easily on that, what else are you flimsy on? What else are you willing to give up on because somebody says, no, don't, no. Oh, oh, changed my mind. Apologize. Oh, no more term limits. Damn you, Lindsey Graham, for being my state senator. Get the hell out of office. You suck. Terrible. Somebody needs to get primaried. And and more people are, are reaching out and, and stepping up, and, and I love it. Shame on, shame on you, Trump, 
or the White House. Shame on you, Trump, for letting your White House, or shame on you, Trump, for pushing your White House to do this. Tear it down. Tear it down. Disgusting. All right. Let's get to the nuke fest. <laughs> Dropping bombs out here. Eric Swalwell. Woo! Love you, Eric Swalwell. So glad. So glad that you could be here. So glad that you could be here and have this wonderful interview with Vice released in May. Make sure I can hear it for you guys. Here we go. He doesn't. He. He does not. He's never passed the mic. He has a plenty of knowledge deficiencies. And his experiences have been a very, very blanco, if you will. <sighs> so edgy. Guys. Whoop. Wrong button. Guys. Guys. I'm running for president. Oh, you can't hear the video? Oh, ooh. Ooh. I'm so sorry about that. Actually, I can't even turn it up. I apologize. Um, oh, thankfully I had subtitles. Apologize to those of you who were unable to hear it. Hopefully you on the podcast. Thank you for tuning in, by the way. But hopefully you guys were able to hear that. Um, but, guys, I'm running for the Democratic platform. And because I can't be a woman, and, and I don't want to identify as a woman, I will have a woman vice president. That's, that's oh, 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 praise this white guy. But... Now he's gone. He is out of the race. Fantastic news. I'm so glad to see that Eric Swalwell, the risk of us being nuked just went that much smaller. Don't worry. We have plenty other uh, other future attempts or other attempts at uh, removing the guns and, and really testing the idea of Molon Lape. So Eric Swalwell, who's been polling at approximately 0% since the beginning, has peaked at about 0% and continues to be at 0%, has backed out. And I, I, I can't cherish this enough. So I wish I could be there. Oh, oh, you guys win. You guys win this one. You guys do win this one. Let me let me play it for you guys. One more time. Be president. Well, a white guy who doesn't see other identities or understand other experiences should not be president. I do. Uh, and, you know, where there would be gaps in my knowledge or my experience, I will pass the mic to people, uh, you know, who do have that experience. I've, I've also pledged that I would ask a woman to serve uh, as vice president. Why should another right. white guy... There we go. I apologize for that, guys. I screwed that up. I did not turn on the computer sounds. Don't want the notifications bothering you. Lesson learned. Lesson has been learned. So there was the Eric Swalwell talking about how he's so virtuous. He's there. He's going to hand off the torch. I mean, the microphone. Of course not, Joe Biden. He needs the torch. He needs the torch from the Democratic debates, but he's going to hand off the microphone to others when he it doesn't have the experience and he doesn't have the knowledge, despite the fact that he's displayed none of that to anyone ever. Um, I think... I think he would have been more effective on his campaign 
if he would have just walked around and just handed people the mics and been like, whatever your view was, it's probably better than mine. Probably got a little more intelligence to it. So here you go. I'm a, a, a bland white male. I was trying to run as a young guy and I got showed up by Pete Buttigieg by a year. I got nothing else. And drop bombs. How'd you guys like Hiroshima? We could try that again. Wrangle up all the people that dissent from me. All the people that refuse to buy into my buyback program. 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 Woo. Tonight, speaking. Very difficult. So, after advocating a $15 billion buyback plan, uh, he doesn't understand the value of the guns here in this country. He doesn't understand. It's going to be a little bit more than $15 billion if you're going to want to buy every single gun. Uh, my home defense, uh, $15 billion maybe for my home defense weapons. Maybe. But I'm going to go and spend that money and go buy some more. Sorry, bro. Put it in the black market. I'll find a way. I'm a capitalist. I believe in trade. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, Eric Swalwell, good riddance. Glad that you're gone. We only have, what, what are we down to? We're down to 22 Democratic candidates left in the race. Neck and neck. We got, we got Bernie Sanders on his walker with tennis balls. We've got Joe Biden trying to catch up with his walker with tennis balls. You've got Kamala Harris barking, following behind Joe Biden on finding things from 30 years ago because anything that stands for today, anything that he has done, she is right there along with it. You know, just basically his shadow. You've got a bunch of other people. But, but Marianne Williamson. She's, she's the one to keep looking out for. She's the one to keep watching. She's the entertainment because she's, she's, not, she's not even relevant to politics, but she's there espousing the same stupidity. So it's a nice break within the politics to be able to listen to her and just hear about love rays. I love her love rays. Um, so I'm excited to see her in the future. Um, with that, guys. I think, I think that might be it for tonight. Uh, a little bit of a shorter show than normal. I apologize for that, but but it's it's going to be a busy week this week. It's going to be a busy week this week, and I know that tomorrow night, Matt and Spike are going to be giving you some grade A quality goodness, entertainment, and information. So I'm going to need you guys to follow on over there tomorrow night. Tune in YouTube, Facebook. Twitter, Periscope. Tune in on the podcast after the fact. But make sure you're tuning in. Spike and Matt. Spike and Matt. Grade A quality stuff. Grade A quality stuff. But with that, guys, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be heading out for the night. I appreciate you all for joining in tonight, for all the shares, for the retweets, for the following, for the hitting the notification bell on YouTube, for hitting the C first on Facebook, for uh, I don't remember what the, the Twitter for hitting the bell on Twitter for doing all those things to make sure that you're, you're staying up to date with the muddy waters crew. Um, thank you guys all. I appreciate it greatly. We all do here. And, uh, <clears throat> I will see you guys Friday night and I'll see you throughout the week on everyone's show. So have a good night. Stay safe. Be well. And I'll see you guys soon. Have a good night. I am Mr. America, the bearded truth, Jason Lott.